the pandemic, social unrest, the state, and the White House. You are listening to The John DePietro Show. Continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, LawnDoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes, Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Check out their website. It's LawnDoctor.com or call today for a free quote, 401-392-1025. To the John DePietro Show weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Joining me right now, she is a freelance commentary writer, media commentator, also happens to be one of my siblings. It is Donna Perry. And DJ, I want to start off with uh, this just bizarre story that obviously the group, their headquarters were in Rhode Island, the rise of the Moors, and uh, they ended up in Massachusetts. That was, I think, incredible discipline by the Massachusetts State Police that stumbled into, you know, you'd think you're running into an army training unit. It's 1.30 in the morning. There's 11 guys, tactical gear, long guns, uh, AR-15 shotguns, and uh, they've this whole business of we're Moroccan citizens, we have our own flag, we don't yeah. follow your laws. Uh, let's talk a little bit how this played out in the Massachusetts courts. Yes, and great to be with you, um, J.D. So they, several of them, ultimately there's 11, are still being held. And that yeah. is because they had a very stormy uh, court proceedings. They multiple times were interrupting the judge. Judges do not go for that. Um, and JD, they then brought them for a follow-up uh, hearing, dangerousness hearing. Now, once, you know, uh, the courts do that, I, I, I think you're in trouble. And I, um, I do commend the, the mass courts. Um, sometimes they get criticized, but they just felt that they were, um, you know, really so kind of um, stubborn about just even protocol in the court they were, and they kept insisting this issue of we don't have to follow your laws. And I think that's kind of what tipped the scale. And so they're being held. Some of them, there's no bail in this arrangement right now. So it's an ongoing thing. Um, and I, I think also that leader who everyone saw, he was kind of the one streaming and, you know, giving this long diatribe um and that was a you know very pointed moment and he was like all over these videos so as they were supposed to be you know how this works in in courts that you have the state appoint you a defense lawyer if you have no ability to have that and they would kept rejecting that motion by the court and they were saying their leader like the guy's name escapes me that he would be jamal Jamal. excuse me he would be there attorney and then yeah. the judge shot back and said well he has no you know he has no he's lawyerly practice not an attorney and he's a co-defendant so exactly. that doesn't play so it was crazy and it, it looked very disrespectful and and they were um so you know they feel obviously with the way that went down that they're a flight risk that's probably an understatement you know what i mean so they just that's what's going on right now but i i do think um, you know, you all of this talk of, of militias, yep. you know, this is going to work both ways. I mean, this is um, they're out there and I guess and they've been maybe under in plain sight. But that certainly got their attention. And I think the FBI up out of the Matt Boston office, it has their attention. So they were, have not been released. And this is an ongoing situation. Donna Perry, let's be honest. I mean, I think the media, they were trying to tread very lightly on this. Mm -hmm. It's such an unusual story. It was national attention. Never mind the the way they were conducting themselves in court. But I still maintain, listen, these are 11 African-American men, very defiant, coming up with, you know, I... Some of this stuff, it sounds good, I guess, if you're meeting and somebody sounds like they know what they're talking about. They can't do this. They can't do that. If they do this, we'll say that. And then you get there and, and none of it applies in, in the court of law and we're a nation of laws. But I, I still found the media was almost hesitant to be critical. However, if they had been 
11 Trump supporters and they had hats on and so forth. I think the coverage would have been completely different. Well, absolutely. Um, And I noted that, that I thought it was actually irresponsible. Let's say the Providence Journal, they ran in the middle of the day before everything was learned. They kind of ran a midday, you know, quick story headline of saying broke no laws. And they're just quoting uh, Jamal, the leader who, you know, his comments were all over the place. Um, and, and I just think that, like you say, J.D., I mean, you, you've got long guns there in the middle of the night. Holy They're cow. gassing up from yeah. their own, like, why <laughs> you're afraid to go to a gas station. Well, of course you were, didn't want it. And they're in the tactical gear. Yeah. So, you know, how and if anyone, the journalists, you know, could follow up with what was supposed to happen in Maine. I just think that it's it's actually been a very wild summer in Boston, too. They've had a lot of crime, a lot of shooting. So, you know, um, the, the state police and they they're not going to mess around with this stuff. They can't get involved with these rhetorical arguments that some of activists and some of the media want to have. I mean, they have people's lives, you know, at, at stake. And, and especially when you have to do a lockdown of two major suburban communities because they didn't know exactly what the group was really up to. So. And, yeah. and there were some of the, the defenders were trying to say, well, you know, the Second Amendment, the, the, that's fine. But the Second Amendment, number one, it, different states have different laws. Massachusetts has very strict gun laws. New yeah. York has very strict gun laws, as does Chicago. Even though that is true, there's a Second Amendment, but it, it applies, you know, you have to be a certain age. Uh, you have to apply in, in this part of the country, in Rhode Island, you have to you have to get a license to, for that. You have to, you know, buy it from a licensed dealer. It, it almost seems we, we've heard where in some ways we watched all last year where it seemed to be two sets of rules and some people feel the rules don't apply to them. This was like pushing it to another level. But these weren't protesters. These were people with serious weapons and no real explanation of how they obtained them, where they were going. No, some absolutely. of them wouldn't even give their names. There's a limit to how much. It's one thing if into the streets, there's obviously different sets of laws. We all watched last summer of the protesters. But this becomes different when you have 11 armed individuals and then won't answer basic questions with law enforcement and a judge. Absolutely. And then and, and isn't it funny that like in the past day or two, this is exactly this argument that and even with Governor McKee. So they're trying to make a case and say, uh, and I think this is a Democratic strategy, John. They, they are they're tiptoeing just as you're explaining it. They want to tiptoe around if there are gangs with guns and so they don't want to use that word or teens and this idea that okay they're against straw gun purchases well how does anyone not know that all of the rise of the moors that they have like a house full of straw gun purchases that's right <laughs> so i guarantee they probably do and <sighs> you know so um i and i think that's what ended up happening with the judge and the judge felt a lot of what they said didn't make sense they did not have you know legal counsel there uh, the story was all over the place. And again, you don't do that to a judge interrupting um, and all this other stuff. So now I think law enforcement really has their eye on these guys. Um, and they may have been based out of a home of some sort in Pawtucket, but they've got a lot of support out of the Bronx, New York. Those guys came up apparently, yep. you know, it was yes. very confusing. And I'm sure they've got Massachusetts uh, people who maybe are laying low right now. But it, this is a difficult moment right now with crime guns what what is who was really behind what you know well and especially donna perry you know as we've heard or i have you know mayor lords we need to get the guns off the street all right we're, we're not talking yeah. about like three 19 year olds have a handgun these are large guns these are you know automatic weapons shotguns if we want to talk about getting guns off the street why don't we talk about the the rise of the moors they were making videos posting them and they had Guns freely right. in, in the open. But I thought what was so interesting about the judge was we, we've seen in the past year, a lot of the rules were bent. People just seem to make up the rules as they go along. The judge was was very clear. And I thought she was very diplomatic saying, here's how this is going to work. I'm yeah. going to explain things. Then you get to talk. But you're going to wait. So despite this lawlessness that you've been living under, where you just think you spout anything. They won't give the names. They don't have driver's licenses. They don't have licenses of the guns. You've now entered into the court of law. You may think, oh, no, we don't answer. We're from Morocco, whatever it is. Actually, you're in court. We're in Massachusetts. I'm the judge, and I'm going to send you back to jail. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's it. I think John, in general, you're seeing the tide is turning a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, we have, we're having a very violent summer up and down the Northeast and gosh knows you're doing a lot of great reporting on, I mean, Providence, geez, but they're up to what, oh, 12th homicide. Um, and that's not anything, um, you know, to snip, snick at. I mean, you're, you're only a few six months into the year. So that's the thing. I think there's also this sense of when they put it in someone in that category, dangerousness hearing, they clearly felt they were telling stories, uh, making it up as they go along or whatever is the case. And then by saying we have a right to go, you know, racing down 95 with all these weapons yeah. and we can tell the state police to go, you know, go shoot out of the way. Right. Not I, I heard work. from law enforcement. There's speculation that let's, there were a lot of Fourth of July parties that weekend. That that could have been an ultimate target. I, I think when the yeah. story comes out, I think there was something at play here, but it was heads up by the Massachusetts State Police. Folks, quick break. A lot more with Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Summer's here. You want to stay nice and healthy for you and your family? Pop in and see Marie at It's My Health. 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland. You can call her at 401-305-3585. It's my health. Right in that old white church, diagonally across from Davenport Restaurant, it's my health, where you're going to find vitamins, herbal remedies from trusted companies, local products like Isae, honey, maple syrup, Octave Skin Brushes, also over 250 bulk herbs, teas, and spices that can be purchased by the ounce, plus box herbs and teas. It's My Health, where you'll find hemp and CBD products for oral and topical use, natural skin care products, hair care, hair care products, essential oils, body oils, and soaps. It's My Health. Stop it and see Marie, 1099 Menden Road in Cumberland, or call her 401 305-3585 shop local and stay healthy with it's my health right across the street from davenport restaurant have you been thinking about updating your website do you have questions about how to get the most out of social media for your business would you like a free consultation from a local digital marketing professional who has been doing this work for 23 years contact care naturals at innovast digital marketing Karen will help you better position your brand on the web to engage visitors and get results. She's local and responsive. Call Karen Etchells at 401-321-2799. That's 401-321-2799. Or find Karen on the web at www.innovast.com. What's the point of having an appliance if it doesn't work properly or maybe you have problems with it? I'll tell you what you should do. As I like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Easy to remember, Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. I've used Ryan on several occasions, whether it's for your washing machine or maybe your dryer or the refrigerator, or your stove, or oven, or microwave, any appliance. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096. I was having a problem with our, our clothes dryer. What would happen? It wouldn't turn on. No way they were going to dry the clothes. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair. He fixed that in about five minutes. Then the oven wouldn't heat up. I called Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He fixed, the, he fixed the, the oven in about five minutes. Folks, call them. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available and Saturday appointments are available. Come on, call Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. We speak with Donna Perry, who is a freelance commentary writer, media commentator. And DJ, uh, as much as I'm Dr. Fauci'd out, this variant is now floating around. And now we have this this uh, controversy regarding the CDC and Pfizer and whether or not kids should have to wear masks and uh, whether or not people. Are, it, it, it is very clear that all of the noise and a lot of the confusion around COVID, it, it's not going away anytime soon. No. And, and I thought like. Gosh knows how many times that there have been really bungled messaging, John. And now here we are, we're in the middle of summer of 2021, 
and whether it's from school systems, corporations, cities, everyone did their part, or at least you have, I mean, when you have, you know, well over 50% of American adults have been vaccinated, this idea that now they're going to have this fight over a variant, I mean, the variants are going to be out there. I mean, if you listen to some of the, uh, some of the better minds, that, that's what this, these viruses do. The variant, you could have a different variant, you know, in three months from now. So I think that the fact that they're kind of bad messaging about that, whether you worry about it or not, and then this tension really between the CDC and Pfizer, I thought this is remarkable. I mean, Pfizer is kind of like the golden child in this whole narrative, right? I mean, yeah. they, they came up with, it, you know, and to their credit and to the benefit of all of us. I mean, this was this miracle game changing thing. They came up with the big vaccine and then um, Moderna also. So, you know, they kind of come out with this that we they believe, you know, there may be very strongly a need for a booster shot. And I thought it was odd how the CDC then they jumped right out and said, like, why are they saying that, you know, they, you know that there's not going to be the need? And, John, I think once again, all of it does is serve the purpose of confusing the public. Yep. But by now, I think the public is really t- tuned out to this. Um, yeah. I mean, most people say, oh, you know, they now they're saying this and that. And I just think that most people who are vaccinated feel I did my part. We're vaccinated. We should be protected. And it seems soon to be talking about a booster when many people just with a handful of months ago, you know, got their two shots. So we'll see what where is, that goes. Yeah. What is your thought on the Biden administration announcing that? And, and again, his messaging was terrible with it, but we're going to start going door to door to get people vaccinated. Well, you know, I think that this is this idea that, um, you know, there are clusters of people, especially in states, I guess, where it gets very rural and pockets of the South. And they they don't people who maybe are very hundreds and hundreds of miles from anything that looks like a city. I think when you live in our, you know, densely populated Northeast, we forget that can happen. So. Right. And then they're saying that's actually being misinterpreted, not, quote, literally door to door. I think that anyway, so the way they've explained that is maybe not good. I think it's this idea that there's rural pockets. Um, I think, and I said this months ago, you know, you just should use your community health providers, community health center, no matter what town in America you are. Little towns do have a town hall of some sort. They have a community center and it would seem that that's more appropriate. I mean, the door to door stuff, whether that meant, marketing or you, you know, knock on doors and say, you know, I mean, yes, there may be corners of people who live in some very rural sections of the country, but in this day and age, I don't know that anyone is that isolated that they can't get to a nearby town. I think there is just a resistance though. I don't think it's a person says, oh, I didn't know where the vaccine would be. You know, I think at this point, and as we're saying right now, John, there's so much confusion that still persists. Right. So I think those kinds of people are turned off already. And I don't know if it's a logistical problem. I think that they're just saying, oh, forget that thing. Like, I'm not going to do that. That's unfortunate in my view. But I think that a lot of this bungled messaging has contributed to some of that. Folks, we're speaking with Donna Perry, freelance commentary writer, media commentator. And DJ, you know, in the past, we've talked about the vice president. Uh, To me, Kamala Harris, to be what I would consider constructive criticism, this is someone who, to me, certainly in the past was able to get away many times with winging it. And we've seen kind of the nervous laugh and things like that. Um, I I, I wouldn't say the media has been unfair to her, but she's never, you know, I, I think we both kind of agreed they kind of created her. She didn't run really a great presidential race. But Democrats, right. you're seeing more and more articles popping up that they're nerve nervous if, in fact, you know, she's the heir to the throne for 2024. She continues to stumble. She she had some odd missteps with the media. One was saying her problem is she doesn't tell President Biden no when he asked her to do things, which is, again, yeah. almost like throwing it back on him. Yeah. And then the second thing was uh, she was doing an interview and said that one of the problems as far as voter ID in rural areas would be a lot of those people don't have access to Kinko's and copying places to make a copy of their ID. I, I think you're going to continue to see it's it's one thing 
He is kept from the media last year. All he was being President Biden. I, I think she's going to continue to be a problem for the administration. And, and I'm not convinced at this point in her career that that she's going to get any better because I think she's gotten this far by many times being able to just like laugh her way out of an answer. Well, that's the thing. Like, I think that's you've exactly hit it. I mean, there is such a thing as no matter how high up these people go, there's such a thing as it's good to have grooming through. People used to say that the presidential primary process, however tortured that look, that made them ultimately a really better politician and a retail politician. And I think that's a lot of what was missing because of the pandemic, that she she really did not undergo the kind of scrutiny, good point, good or bad that you do. And so I, my, just my sense of it, I don't think she's really a natural politician. No, you know, you don't see those skills. Um, and it's not the whole female male thing. I mean, no, you know, there have been, um, you know, females who were just very, very good on the stump and that you have women who are serving today in the Senate and, you know, they, they can back, they can, you know, swat back something. I mean, I will say, and I don't agree with her on anything, but if you take like Elizabeth Warren is a politician who yes. you can, th- they can throw rocks at her. Yes. Now she, you know, for instance, so there's a woman and she can just swat it back and she flips it around and, yes. you know, she's and real kinda, policy wonk. Yeah, yeah. She's a wonk, but she's got that vim and vigor thing. You know, she yes. really does have that. And I think that she did a lot of her heavier politicking before the pandemic hit. You know, she was really out there in those summer of 2019. And that's when she peaked. But I I give that as a contrast because I I get tired of this thing. This is not about because she's a woman. She's a woman of color. Not at all. I mean, this is because she's just not always natural on her feet. But worse, I just think she comes off kind of arrogant and sarcastic to a questioner. If you're a, a reporter and she doesn't like the question or worse, she seems not ready for the question. Correct. Um, that you saw to that me, with the interview I'm talking about is Soledad O'Brien. Yeah. Really trying to pin her down on, you know, what exactly you do polls and voter ID is not a problem. So what are you talking about? And then she starts saying that rural voters, which really means white voters, they may not have access to make copies of their ID. What, like, what world are they living in? Right, right. Well, this is, and that's this whole other thing, John. I, I think with between her and Biden, um, so she's not coming off good. And then that political piece really said there's, like, a lot of dysfunction. And, and you know, it's starting to be a pattern. Her campaign, yes, we like remember, that. that's imploded. Right. It now, did. it was no less than certainly the New York Times, you might have thought, was cheering for her. They did, like, a devastating <laughs> long piece and said her campaign is a mess. And so, yep. you know, now you're seeing her office is kind of a mess. Or And the staff said they just get, like, bullied to you can't have a fresh idea. I think there's tension between them and the White House, between Biden's team. And they said that uh, the way she handled the go to the border, not go to the border, they Mm. were not privately happy with that at all. And that um, then she kind of quickly and again, I'm sure they looked at polls and she quickly decided we're just going to make the trip. And they weren't really that prepared for that. So, you know, these things are going to go on. But you're right. I do think um, when you're talking at that level and you're talking about you know, real um, hardball politics. Naturally, we know there are highly placed Democrats. They're not all ever singing from the same page. And now there are people who want to undermine her, yes. who, are, who are big Democrats, right? They're yep. not all going to hand her the mantle of you're the nominee 24. I don't believe that. So That's I think right. some of these stories get gossiped around too, you know, by the Democrats. Folks, quick break. A lot more Donna Perry right here on the John DePietro Show. Mega Logistics, they're there to help you. Give them a call today, 401-431-2300. MEGA Mega Logistics. If you have freight, you need freight, goods, third-party brokers for your company, your housing and transportation. How about custom freight, supply chain management, routing, bill auditing, customer developing, proven track record with Fortune 500 companies you can depend on on MEGA, MEGA Logistics. Call them today, 401-431-2300. 401-431-2300. Does that sound like your company? Maybe you have freight 
or you need freight goods, third-party brokerage, warehousing, transportation, custom freight, they have the experience. Call them today. MEGA Logistics, 401-431-2300. We're speaking with Donna Perry, freelance commentary writer, media commentator. DJ, uh, critical race theory has really been in the news in, in certain parts of the country. For instance, they were already projecting that they think in Virginia that this is the issue, that you had a lot of suburban voters that voted for President Trump. And then in, in 2020, last year, they did not vote for him. They went with Biden. But there's predictions that critical race theory is an issue that's cutting through. Uh, the, the Bidens are in favor of it. The Democrat Party is. Do you and, and that it could flip a state like Virginia that went that went blue, they could flip it back to red because of that in the midterms coming up. Do you think critical race theory could be that type of really defining issue that benefits the Republican Party and is detrimental to the, the Democrat Party? I, I think it could be. And I think that um, despite Biden's team giving it, you know, right, seems to be giving it support. I'm going to predict you're going to see them begin to tread very carefully around this. And they do watch polling and they they do see this, John, as what could be a very big liability for them, especially in law in big suburban districts and big states all over the place. I think the public, you know, getting through the pandemic and now it's the summer. And I think there are a lot of people who, if they're not, they don't want pay attention to everything, you know, and they're not activists. They're just going to start coming around to this. And I want to say for, you know, in, in defense of school systems, look, they are coming out of what had been an unprecedented period of disruption. That's right. I mean, in, in the history of over 100 years of school, yes. you never had this. They, we talked about this. They didn't close schools forever during even polio. So the schools are really trying to get back on their feet there, you know, students were no question left behind. And, and I just think it's very unfortunate that something that it to me seems extremely divisive. It's not a proven curriculum. Um, you know, it, 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 it goes off in directions that people think, well, why are you going to explain everything that way to children? It seems very divisive. So I, I do think that you will see the Democratic Party much as much like with what's happened to how they've looked like they're approaching crime and their view on, you know, street crime. I think they're going to have to catch their breath on this and say, wait a minute, like what, how far out on the dock are we on this? And again, I think you, you've had distracted parents, of course, coming out of all what happened last year and, and the school districts are just trying to get on their feet. So even though leadership may say, oh, this is going to be everywhere we'll see and we'll see what that looks like. And it, it gets, you know, I, I, I just don't think the story's really told and I don't think it's a, an advantage for Biden's team to be like, you know, hanging their hat around that. I just don't. And I think there's a lot of liability in, you know, presenting a curriculum like that, that seems quite controversial to begin with. We're in July uh, President Biden, I think the novelty is really starting to come off. You are starting to see, you know, far more criticism a little bit. What are, you, what are your thoughts, Donna Perry? And I, I think the whole element of him obviously not at 100%, Jen Psaki, who's so dismissive, I, I think that they, they're in for, you know, a rough time between now and the midterms. Well, yeah, like, and, and you know, John, like, I mean, we were just talking about CRT, but like, I think that here's where I think they are right now. He's more than six months kind of officially. in. I think they look increasingly distracted by the wrong things. Yes. And, and there are things that just don't resonate with the average person out in a regular suburb or community. And, and they look like, then they look like they're not really, you know, completing and taking the game, the ball all the way down the field on stuff that people originally wanted to see, happen, whether it's basic physical infrastructure. You know, people heard all about this, this very Ballahoot thing. John, that started in like March. Yes. Now we're at July. And then they started throwing in all these things that said, this is a different kind of infrastructure. The average person we know, we live in the Northeast, you're like, just fix 95, you know, right. just fix a bridge. 
Build a new airport in America. Make yes. the train make the trains look like it's not still 1974. Mm. So I think the fact that they are very much caught up with, you know, the, and he threw all this language out about oh Jim Crow and the voting bill, and now this is dragging on through July, um, and then again like this whole you know, thing with the curriculum and then also not getting infrastructure really done and trying to throw everything but the kitchen sink into this big, massive trillion dollar bill. I I don't know. Like, I think they look, as I say, I think they look distracted by the wrong things there. You know, they've got activist language all the time. And Mm. I don't think the average person thinks like that. I don't think they talk like that. Um, you know, and Jen Psaki is just reciting these talking points at the podium. But, you know, I, I do think the public is saying and they're waking up to a lot of this stuff. And I also think I, I will go back to I think crime and whether they can get is there's a sense from his White House that he is aware of that. I think that resonates with people. And if it looks like that, they are kind of not really addressing what's what's going on this is not fictional it's actually happening um and i think when you go into local communities john here's the problem they're up against with this whole thing that they drew up it the average community supports their local police department i i I think that is a hundred percent you take that to the bank yeah. So so the problem is when they talk in these large grandiose the theories of policing John, I don't think the average person knows, like, relates to what they're talking about. They don't. Reimagining policing and the whole thing. So I think, like, to your point, I think that they are distracted by the wrong things. They use this Mm. language that only works if you're inside the beltway. And when you're out in America and you're just in a middle-class life and you're trying to get everything back to normal, I, I, I really do. But I think people support their local police department. And they're not going to attack them and they don't want them to go away and they don't want them to not be funded. No. And Donna Perry, finally, since we last spoke, it is now official. Eric Adams has been declared the winner of the Democrat primary. Do you think he is obviously a person of color, but former police officer? He embraced crime decided the issue in New York. I think some of these major cities, as much as the progressives, they think it should be about all these other things. I think um, and I think Providence is. You know, the Providence mayoral last year, I think that's going to be decided. Uh, crime is going to be a big part of how to combat it. Do, do you think that that it, it seems to be kind of a wedge issue within the Democrat Party? Because you still have the the AOC crowd they want to, you know, talk about and they scream loud, defund the police. But when New Yorkers went to the polls, it, it was just the opposite. It was we, we need someone who's going to cut down on crime. Yeah. And I, I think him winning is represents um, a bigger shift in public opinion, even among very liberal Democrats, than maybe some of the president's party understand. I I really do. See, I I think that pendulum has really shifted back around by this summer. Um, You know, it was a crazy time. We all understood what happened. Um, does, you know, are the reforms needed in policing? Absolutely. And, you know, and uh, by the way, a lot of, state by state, have passed reform bills. Massachusetts passed a big one. So it's not fair to say that police have not done some, you know, self-analysis and and they have not tried to make reforms where they think it's still safe, though. And that's always the question. But, you know, I think Eric Adams winning represents something pretty big. And I, um, you know, I think people in America, whether it's New York and you see what's happened out West, LA, Chicago. I mean, it goes on and on. Again, you've had a lot of crime and shootings in a place like Providence. Boston's had pretty stormy summer. So, you know, the public, that's something they understand. That's something that they're conscious of. um, And I think that they feel uncomfortable to think that that's a basic in American life. You want to feel safe to just go about your business, you know, so. Um, Donna Perry, finally, before I let you go, and again, folks, she's freelance commentary writer, media commentator. Does Governor Baker, does he have something to worry about in a Republican primary? Should he go for that third term? Well, you know, he and, and it was kind of um, it was kind of a little bit of half and half with him about the police reform bill. Um, and sometimes that can get lost in the weeds when you're up against 
like Jeff Deal is going to jump in there. Um, I mean, Baker, at the end of the day, they signed a bill that most the mass state police, they're not, they're not happy with. So mm. that needs to be said. Baker vetoed the first version and, and wanted some changes made, um, you know, and, the, and so some of that is could be the case could be made for more hardcore voters more conservative would say, you know, you, you didn't get this right on that issue. But also, John, a lot of the smaller business owners have, you know, they've had their real arguments with Baker of how we um, handle things with the pandemic. They thought he was too restrictive and too and then too restrictive up front, too slow to loosen things up. That, I think that is a part of the base that he's got to watch out for. Um, he did get a lot of you know, I think in general, he's gotten a lot of um, compliments of how we handle when Massachusetts got hit very hard. But that's at the very beginning. Now that's like 16 months ago. Um, but, you know, there are people who felt that he did a very good job. And then there's I think there's a good percentage who, you know, a lot of criticism. I think he handled it pretty well as things came along and they got their stride. But, you know, I think there it could be a very stormy you know, term ahead. And, and I, you know, I think he will, I don't think he's going to have necessarily, there aren't polls that show he's like, quote, in trouble. But again, any of these uh, major figures, when you are defending what was a controversial, difficult year of the pandemic, that front and center is, is going to be a lot on your record. And then they had that terrible thing with the soldier's home controversy. That's right. Good um, point. You know, that, that dogs him a bit. So, mm. You know, there's, he's he's going to have to, they'll have to pull that campaign in shape. So, And he's always been anti-Trump, so that, there's nothing new there. Folks, you can find yes. her on both uh, Facebook and Twitter. It's done up her. DJ, great job, and we will talk to you again. Great to talk to you. We're in an accident. Someone hits your vehicle. It's damaged in some way. Pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. They're located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Folks, as you're riding along, you just never know. You could de be dealing with a drunk driver, someone not paying attention. How about the people texting and driving? If you ever damage your vehicle, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340. Several reasons. One, they'll handle everything for you. Two, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. And three, they'll make your car. It'll look like it just rolled out of the showroom. West Fountain Auto Body. Call them, 401-272-3340. Did someone damage your vehicle, whether it's a small fender bender or nearly totaled vehicle? West Fountain will restore your vehicle, get it back on the road. Call them today, 401-272-3340. And remember, if you're having an accident, first thing you want to do, call the police, fill out a police report. If the tow truck shows up, tell them, let's get this vehicle over to West Fountain, 401 272 3340. I can breathe clearly now, my mask is gone. Nothing but a big smile for all to see. Gone is the Fauci mask I had to wear. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. My lungs will be full, 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 full of clean air. My lungs will be full, full, full of beautiful air. I'm DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, DePietro.com. Well, on this Tuesday, two, uh, there's a number of different uh, news stories to watch. One of them is uh, Rise of the Moore members facing felony charges in Rhode Island. So one of the Rhode Island members of the Rise of the Moor is now facing felony charges using false ID tried to buy firearms at a Warwick gun dealer. 
Quinn Cumberlander. He's already being held in Massachusetts, as you know, on the gun charges after the armed standoff on uh, July 3rd. Um, Attorney General Peter Narona, Commissioner of Public Safety Stephen Perry, and Providence Police Chief Colonel Clemens announced felony charges following a joint investigation by the Providence Police Department, Attorney General, illegal firearms, Greater Providence area. Investigators obtained an arrest warrant, Cumberland, of three counts, providing false identifying information to purchase a firearm. He provided false address information during multiple attempts to purchase firearms from a dealer in Warwick. Three times this year, he applied to purchase a firearm using false information, but he was denied in every instance. Providing false information to purchase a firearm is a felony crime in Rhode Island. Punishable fine, not more than 5000 imprisonment up to five years. Now, they've also obtained an arrest warrant for the leader, Jamal, who goes by the name Jamal Latmir, in Providence County Superior Court, violating the terms of his bail stemming ongoing criminal case in Superior Court. Now, he is still in custody in Massachusetts. He's the leader of the Rise of the Moors. He was the one doing the youtube live streaming he was arrested last march 2020 rhode island state police charged one count of obstructing a law enforcement officer disorderly conduct resisting arrest his case is currently pending before providence county superior court he was released on bail prior to his arrest on july 3rd so authorities in massachusetts have been notified of the arrest warrants issued for both cumberlander and bay jamal bay Cumberland will face the Rhode Island charges pending a bail determination mass. Bay's currently held without bail in Massachusetts. Providence Police Department Office Attorney General leading the investigation. So that is interesting to determine exactly what had happened on March 4th of last year. That was right before the pandemic was about to kick in when the Rhode Island State Police got involved with him. Obstructing law enforcement, disordered conduct, resisting arrest. And normally... When, I've, um, when I see those types of charges, a lot of times obstructing law enforcement, disorderly conduct, resisting arrest, normally it's because of a protest, but the protest all started later on. So this was before the pandemic. Uh, a lot of times when you see some of these types of things, I'm not exactly sure what's involved with that. Now, another big story, and this is obviously um, uh, something that's been building. This plays into, so let me just, hold on, the rise of the Moors. This is more serious charges. Uh, so they're being held in mass. They're being held in Rhode Island. This also shows that our gun registration system here in Rhode Island is working. And the rise of the moor, you know, this Quinn Cumberlander trying to use false information to purchase firearms. It didn't work. They stopped him three different times. He was denied uh, as much as they still talk about, you know, their Second Amendment right. But. Mayor Jorge Alorza, Providence is about to give 500 a month to 110 low-income households. Now, what this is about is, uh, and Dan McGowan, who's been all over it, is basically the one breaking the story. He's announcing the city of Providence is going to give 500 a month, 110 low-income, well, it's really black, Providence households, for one year, no strings attached, uh, design supplemental existing social safety net program. That's what they're saying it is. So he's having a big press conference, Amos House. It's unclear if they've already been selected or whether it's uh, separate control of households who won't receive finance, uh, finances tracked over the year. The Guaranteed Income Program, they're starting to pop up around the country. Mayor Lorza is a member of Mayors for a Guaranteed Income coalition 50 municipal leaders trying to implement their own version of monthly cash benefits programs so los angeles they're going to launch 1000 a month for 2000 families columbia south carolina they recently launched a program 100 local fathers get 500 a month for two years patterson new jersey 110 people receive 400 uh, a month so he has raised mayor laws has raised over 1 million in cash and in-kind donations $500,000 donation from Twitter CEO. Also, uh, Walmart here, James Walton donated 100000 Social Impact Fund. So, folks, but what this really is, is this is Alorza trying to buy votes. Now, these 110 uh, African-American families in Providence, 
So this does a couple things. Number one, this is going to spread the word that they're going to, if you move, if you live in Providence, we will give you money. He's trying to get, if you are African-American, if you live in Pawtucket, if you live in Central Falls, maybe you live Woonsocket, maybe Newport, maybe Westport, wherever, uh, wherever you live in the state, that they may start to pay black families this monthly. Now, as much as someone can say, all right, well, no, wait a minute. It's 500 a month. It's 500 a month, plus people are getting other, you know, government subsidies on top of that, other handouts on top of that. And it's starting at 500. Now, a real question is what happens after the year? He is doing this. This is like a lottery. 110 people are going to win the 500. Now, this bill, I think it's, this is terrible, and I'll tell you why. It builds animosity. It builds dependency. These people, they're not going to say, all right, I guess the year's over. Now I have to find it. No, they're going to say, I depend on that money. And, you know, now it, they start to put the onus on the city. Well, then you have to pay them or somebody else has to pay them. Now, I am sure that he's going to say, hey, listen, it's going to start with this 110 people or families, I should say, 500. If I'm elected governor, we're going to have a lot more people and it's going to be a lot more money. Maybe it's a thousand a month. And folks, again, if you're getting, uh, if you have EBT cards and you have Section 8 housing and you have a lot of different government subsidies coming your way, an extra 500 just for, for what? For Twin River, for booze, for drugs, for, you know, whatever it is that you want to do with that. Who would turn down an extra 500 a month? I mean, anyone. Think right now in your own life. If you send an extra 500 a month, that's nice. Spending money, always, you know, gas up the car, whatever it may be. Go out to dinner. Uh, there's a number of different things that maybe get fixed around the house and suddenly you have that extra money. But he is, to me, this is all an effort. He's buying votes. He is trying to buy the African-American vote. He needs it. In order for him, the, um, the Alorza... His political consultants, what I understand, have basically told him, if you want to be elected uh, governor, if you want to win that primary, you have to get the African-American vote in Providence. You're definitely going to get some of the Hispanic vote because he's Guatemalan, but you need to get that uh, constituency. And then if he can. So look how the city, the state eventually could be on the hook. And this suddenly thinks, think what that does in certain neighborhoods that the family across the street, you know, they're the, the lucky lottery winner. They're going to get an extra 500 a month. Now, again, in, in, in certain neighborhoods, um, you, you have some people that, you know, they make $30,000 a year. So suddenly they're going to be getting $6,000. I mean, that's, you know, could almost in, in some cases almost be, it's, it's like, a, a you know, a quarter of your income almost for some people. Not everybody, obviously, but for some, and that's, but he is doing that. This is supposed to be under reparations. Uh, I'm very anxious to see how this is, is, is going to go, but this, keep in mind, he is doing this to expend his political base and he's tied in with this group. On the one hand, last July, he stepped forward, said he wanted to do it. And it's a year later and he joined this group and it looks like he has come up with the money and he's going to do it. So big trouble for rise of the Moors. And, uh, and this is for the Alorza for, for, for governor, for the people that he's trying to cobble together to win that Democrat primary and really carry Providence. He's got some money in the kitty now to buy some votes. All right, you're listening to The John DePietro Show. J. Perry Paving always provides high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service. Residential, commercial, seal-coating patios. Get your driveway paved. Letter J, J. Perry Paving. 20 years experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating, patios, and general masonry projects. J. Perry Paving. They offer free estimates. Call them today at 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730. You can also find them on Facebook. It's J. Perry Paving. Get your driveway paved. And if you're a veteran, no one has a better package for veterans than J. Perry Paving. Whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, J. Perry Paving has your back. Check out the benefits of investing in asphalt paving. Affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. Call them for a free quote today. 
401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving, a licensed insured contracting company. They will meet your needs no matter how big or how small. And no one treats veterans better than J. Perry Paving. Call them today, 401-732-1730. 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. You're listening to the John DePietro Show, folks. Weekdays, we start at 11. We go until 2. It's AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now, remember, if you want to get a hold of me, the easiest thing to do is log on to my website, depetro.com, D-E-P-E-T-R-O.com. Now, there, you can, if you want to listen to the program, listen live. You can also contact me that way. That's the easiest way to get me an email if you'd like to advertise on the show. We also have all our links to social media. We have a... Links to Twitter or Facebook or Instagram or also on YouTube. You can also read many of the exclusive stories that we do. We have exclusive video. You can also shop and get some of the merchandise. And at the same time, if you ever miss an episode of the John DePietro Show, if you ever miss a segment, you just log on and right at the top it says radio show. Click onto that. It'll bring you right there and you can listen. It's all in the library fashion. It all starts by logging right on at DePietro.com. Back in 2017, you had expressed concerns about the membership of the all-white Bailey's Beach Club, said that you hoped it would become more diverse. Now, your family's been members. Your wife is one of the largest shareholders. Has there been any traction in that? Are there any minority members of the club now? I think the people who are running the place are still working on that. I'm sorry it hasn't happened yet. Blaming all on his ribs, born a blue-blooded snood. His birth was a black tie fan. It's all who you know, like Claus von Bülow. He just likes to be seen everywhere. He leads a privileged life with a white privileged wife. At Bailey's, they like their champagne. Life on Bellevue in a state that is blue. <laughs> You'll never hear Sheldon complain. He likes clubs with with the lead waspy crowds where for decades kept the Jews away and BLM cannot stay well he's not big on diverse faces Bailey's Beach Club is his oasis Sheldon likes the clubs with white faces Concerns in 2021. I mean, obviously, it's been four years. You have remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Your thoughts on an elite, all white, wealthy club again in this day and age? Should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them. Summer, continue to enjoy your best lawn ever with Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island. Contact them today for a free quote, 401-392-1025 or online, lawndoctor.com. A lot more summer ahead, plus the fall. Lawn Doctor of Rhode Island, your best lawn ever, guaranteed. Call for a free quote today, 401-392-1025. Find out also about keeping your family safe from ticks and mosquitoes lawn doctor of rhode island check out their website it's lawndoctor.com or call today for a free quote 401-392-1025